0: Hi, we're Lisa and Angie, and you are listening to another episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco. If you are loving this podcast, we would be so grateful if you left us a rating and a review.
1: You can also let us know that you're listening to us by taking a screenshot of this episode and sharing it on your socials. But remember
0: to tag us. We are so happy that you're here. And now it's time to settle in with your favorite glass of bubbly and enjoy this week's Pep Talk. Cheers, Angie. Here's to you, Lisa. Cheers to you, Lisa. Happy freaking Sunday. Well,
1: happy freaking Sunday to you as well.
0: Yum. Always tastes good. I mean, we're drinking from uh, flutes, but really. I feel like we should have had mugs from our guest today, Carla yes. from Prairie Moon Handmade. That's what we should have had our Prosecco in today. What were we thinking? I know. What were we
1: thinking? Well, part of the problem is, is we can't get our hands on a mug because they sell out so quickly. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yes, we had the pleasure of sitting down with Carla Lawrence with Prairie Moon Handmade to talk all about how she is basically blowing up the internet with her beautiful ceramics, her mugs and tumblers and some other beautiful pieces that she's created. And I loved how she talked about the habit of saying no to those things that aren't Serving her. She has taken some, you know, she has leaned into who she is and taken what some people might say is risks, and it certainly has paid off for her. And it was just a super fun episode to hear all about uh, how Carlotte has gone from, um, you know, opening an art studio to being an absolute uh, busy, but and productive and successful ceramic artist. So I don't know. Should we just get to the episode?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go grab your favorite beverage, curl up, because you're truly going to feel like Carla is in your living room just having a little chit chat or perhaps a pep talk with you today. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.
1: Hey, Carla, welcome to Pep Talks and Prosecco. It's so great to see you. Cheers. Thank you, ladies. It's so wonderful to be here. Cheers.
0: Cheers. Cheers.
1: It looks like you're coming to us from your studio. I am. And you have a very beautiful, uh, champagne
2: flute there as well. Thank you. This is actually, I'll show you it's beautiful. This is a little, uh, stemless wine glass that I got from my lovely friend, Janet. She is a potter here in Regina has a little thumb dent here. So you can like Ah, have a good grip. Isn't it beautiful? It's so
1: beautiful. Janet, she knows what she's doing when it comes to drinking wine.
2: It's fun. You got to have a fun glass for drinking wine. Oh, we agree. Or we agree. Prosecco for you drinking. It's got to be fun. We totally
1: agree. Well, thanks again for being with us on <laughs> and Prosecco today. Uh, we'd like to start out, Carla, by maybe just having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your Mm -hmm. journey uh, to becoming we want to say like you're blowing up the internet with your beautiful (laughs) ceramic potteries your mugs your tumblers they're all absolutely gorgeous so we're kind of curious in in your story and telling us a little bit about your journey uh, to becoming a, a, a very popular ceramic artist and small business owner Awesome. Okay. Do you want the long
2: version or the short version? We want the long (laughs) version. We want to know it all. Okay. Um, Well, it's, it's been a long road to get here. Um, Lots of changes, lots of things that have sort of like evolved along the way to sort of get me, I guess, to this point. Um, Art was always something that I was interested in that I loved. It was always, you know, a passion of mine, even from a very young age. Um, and so I started university. Um, I started taking art classes. My mom was like, "Do you think maybe you should like go into something where you're gonna, you know, have a job after?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> so I ended up transferring into arts education. So I got my arts education degree from the University of Regina. Um, and started teaching right away. So I was teaching mostly middle years. Um, I was the art teacher all the time, no matter where I was, um, taught K eight art, um, and grade seven <laughs> was kind of my jam. So um, and after doing that for about seven years, I would say I started to kind of like, oh, like I need more, I need more creativity in my life, I need more time for my own art practice. Um, I need just more, more of what I'm passionate about, you know, it's, it was great to be, you know, with the kids and teaching the kids and all of that. I love that part of it. Um, but it was just that creative piece was really just lacking for me. I had, you know, as you guys know, you know, new teacher, you're working like crazy hours all the time. You don't have really time for anything else. So my own creativity really took a back seat. Um, and at the same time, there was also this sort of like, um, other side to things where, you know, my husband and I had just got married, we were trying to have kids, and we started having fertility issues, and going through that struggle. And so there was just this whole like mental health piece to it as well, where I just was really feeling um, just so much negativity, everything was just bad news all the time, bad news all the time. And it just kind of started to spiral into something that was just really a lot to deal with. Um, And so it just sort of created this like, perfect storm where I thought, you know, I really need to um, just have a look at what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and try to do the best that I can for myself for my life. Because even if I don't become a mom, even if I don't, you know, have kids or this doesn't happen or that doesn't happen, I need to take what I can control and control that and do the best that I can with, with what I can do. So, Um, I started to kind of look for you know other things what am I going to do other than be an elementary school art teacher and so I started going back to university and taking more classes and I thought well you know I can get my BFA and maybe I'll go teach university and so just sort of I started brainstorming all these ideas Um, and then it just all of a sudden one day I was sitting in this class in university I was taking um, this sculpture class and it just kind of like hit me. I was like, it, it needs to be an art school. I need to open my own art school. I need to teach art my way. I need to teach art the way I want to do it full time all the time and still have some time to be able to create for myself. And so I remember I came home and I said to my husband, I'm like, Hey, so I have this idea. Uh, I want to quit my job and start a business and yeah, it's going to be an art school. What do you think? <laughs> like uh okay that was his answer and I was like really like you're totally game like I'm just like ah (laughs) and he's like yeah okay well you know I know you're not happy there and you know you need something that you can be like passionate about whatever so we started kind of talking and planning and what it would look like um and obviously I have zero at that time had zero business experience, zero business background. I had never owned, operated anything in my life um, other than maybe like a lemonade stand when I was 10. <laughs> and so I was like, mm, this is gonna be a steep <laughs> learning curve. So, um, so I signed on for a course through women's entrepreneurs. Um, I took a business basics course. It was a four month course and they basically walked you through beginning to end How to start a business, how to run a business, how to get financing, how to, you know, just daily operations, all that kind of stuff. Um, And I remember my very first class, and they sat us down and they gave us paper and markers. And I was like, yes, this is my jam. And they were like, draw your vision, draw what you want it to be, draw what you see for your business. And so I drew it out and I was like, I'm going to make. $80,000 $80,000 a year I'm gonna have an art school I'm gonna have a shop where I sell art I'm gonna have I'm gonna be able to make my own art and then all these people are gonna come and all they're all gonna take classes for me and it's gonna be fabulous and I still have it I kept it I was like I can't not keep it because it was so strange how all the things I wrote on that paper were all the things that came to fruition every single one of them exactly how I planned it with those markers on that day I was like this is it Um, So yeah, so I took that course. Um, I started planning curriculum. I started planning classes. I started um, looking for equipment, looking for space, eventually found a space and opened uh, Cathedral Art School and Studio in August of 2013. Um, I ran the studio, the art school for seven years. Um, It grew into something that I never imagined it would. It moved locations twice, added on space, got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, By the time I was done, I had a staff of nine people and a, you know, two studio space. And it was just this, you know, wonderful thing that I felt like, wow, you know, it happened. I did it. (laughs) Um, And then of course, you know, 2020 hit and the pandemic hit and it was just kind of like, wow. Like it sort of knocked me on my ass a little bit. Um, And in there, obviously, in 2017, um, my daughter was born. We adopted our baby girl uh, from Florida when she was born. Um, And so that obviously changed our life immensely um, for the better. Um, But she became my focus at that time. And so for me, I wanted to spend as much time with her as possible. And my goal the whole way along, I mean, I knew it was coming. We had been, you know, working on the adoption process. And, you know, my husband and I talked about it. And, you know, we both said, like, that I wanted to be home, he wanted me to be at home as much as possible, you know, we wanted to try to, you know, not have her in daycare and that kind of thing, it was just really important to us for one of us to be at home. And so I had really been working on getting the business to a point where I could be gone, I could step back, I could work from home, I could be not teaching classes. Um, and it, it was there. And then the pandemic hit, and it was just like, Oh, my God. <laughs> all that hard work. I was like, Oh, great. Here we go. now we're starting from scratch again. But um, it's funny how, when things like that happen, it kind of like kicks your ass into overdrive a little bit and you Mm -hmm. just really go, okay, like, I'm not going to let this knock me down. I'm not going to let this be the end of what I've created. I'm going to work my ass off if I have to work 16 hour days again to make sure that this, you know, we get through this, then that's what I do, and yeah, so it was, it was a hard few months, for sure, like it was for everybody, Um, making art kits, delivering art kits, making more art kits, delivering more art kits, figuring out how to do classes online, figuring out how to do, I started a YouTube channel, I'm not a YouTuber, I was like, (laughs) what am I doing? (laughs) It was just like so much all at once. And I really just had to kind of take a step back and go, okay, you know, is this what I want for the foreseeable future? Cause this isn't going to go away anytime soon. I'm going to have to continue to put this amount of effort in moving forward. And is that really what I want? Because I'm now taking away from that time that I need to be at home. Um, And so once again, (laughs) my husband and I, we sat down, we're like, okay, we need to have a chat. And this time the chat was, you know, do we keep the art school or do we not keep the art school? And it was a decision that was a hard one because it was something that I built and I was really proud of it. But at the end of the day, being home with my daughter was number one. So we decided to sell the art school. (laughs) And so in the summer of 2020, um, I sold the art school to one of my instructors Um, She took it over and she's been running it for the last year and she's doing an amazing job. Um, And so in that transition, it was really like, okay, so now, you know, we need to look ahead. What's the next like five, 10 years going to look like? Um, And so we actually decided at the same time to sell the studio. uh, We decided to also sell our house and look for a house that we could renovate in a way or make work in a way where I could have a studio space at home. And so we started the house hunt, we found a house, we spent that whole summer last year, we gutted it, we renovated it, and we built a pottery studio in the basement. So, it was like, okay, chapter three, here we go. (laughs) Um, And yeah, honestly, like, I, at that time, I was like, okay, you know, this will be a nice, like, little side gig You know, I'll be at home full time. I'll make a little pottery here and there. It'll be good. Like, I don't have to work all the time, you know, and there might not even be that much interest anyways, was kind of what I thought. Because I had really only been doing pottery just like here and there on the side and, you know, a little bit at markets and whatever, but it wasn't like a crazy thing. People weren't going like, wow, crazy mugs, woo. It was just like, oh, Carla's here and, you know, she's talking about the art school and she happens to have some mugs, like... (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so I I mean I think I had well last October was when we moved into the house so that's when I started actually working so it hasn't even been a year um I so I work out of my basement this is this is my basement studio everything's on the other side all my wheels and all my stuff um I have my kilns out in the garage um yeah so it was just kind of like I'll work during nap times I'll work you know after bedtime I'll work in the morning like just kind of whenever I can sort of fit it in Um, yeah. And I think I had like a thousand followers on Instagram at that time. It was just like, you know, me and a few people that kind of liked pottery (laughs) and yeah, I just started making and started selling and got a website and it just sort of snowballed and Christmas was busy. And I was like, okay, well, Christmas is always busy. Eh, It's not, it's not a big thing. It's just Christmas, you know, people are shopping, whatever. And I thought January will be slow for sure. And then January was a shit show and then February and then March. And it just like, it started to just like snowball. And I was like, what is happening here? (laughs) This is crazy. And like, I think it started in, I think it was February's restock. I don't think it was January. It was February. I think was the first one that I did. And I would post online that I'm going to do a restock and it sold out in a minute. And I was like, well, Damn. (laughs) <laughs> so March came around and I did the same thing and I was like, it's not going to happen twice. Sure. As shit posted a restock and it sold out in a minute. I was like, Holy crap. Like what is going on here? And yeah. So it just, yeah, it just picked up this momentum that I did not expect. And I honestly, I mean, I had kind of a five-year plan. I was like, okay, you know, by the time Ava's in school, I'll have the time to like devote time during the day. It'll be more of like a full-time thing. And it just got that way real fast. So I had to sort of like spend a lot of time, like, like reigning it in, I guess, because I started saying yes to everything, not really knowing what it would even look like or what yeah. it was going to be. And I didn't know if it was going to maintain this momentum and it just has. And so I've had to really kind of focus my attention, focus my effort, focus what I'm like having to you know this is what I really truly want to work on and where I want to devote my energy and then this stuff can go away for now it might come back later you know like things like wholesale and retail and all that kind of stuff I'm like I can't keep up to that and I it was just it was selling out so fast that I was just like I I can't I can't restock a store enough I can't and I certainly can't restock five stores enough (laughs) So, yeah. So, I mean, the last few months, I mean, and it's, it's a good problem to have. Like, I am by no means complaining at all. Like, I, I feel super grateful that people have enjoyed what I do and they love what I do and they, you know, want a mug and that they love them and that they, you know, use them every day. I That makes me so freaking happy. Um, But I definitely did not expect it to get quite this, <laughs> this big this fast. So... Um, Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at today. So I'm currently now uh, working out of my basement, um, making pottery, selling online once a month. I do monthly restocks. Um, I basically make as much as I can, which right now is usually about 150 pieces a month. Um, And I'm just kind of, you know, like as Christmas gets a bit closer, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, maybe doing a, a few little markets here and there. And, you know, as long as things don't get too crazy with, you know, the big C, but Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's, that's the evolution of me.
1: (laughs) And do we often get asked, how do you do it all? (laughs) And the answer is, well, we don't. But what we do is create intention in five key areas of our lives. We maximize our time and energy. And now you can have access to these areas through our Michael workshop series, maximizing
0: your day. You will be provided with key resources and information on the following areas known to save you time and help you experience greater success and happiness. Building your morning routine, meal planning and prepping, maximizing your time in the workplace, maximizing your time at home, and building your evening routine. Plus, each micro-workshop comes with its own set of downloadable templates and support material. And right now we're offering our
1: Pep Talks and Prosecco listeners 25% off this workshop when you use the code Prosecco 25 So head to our website, weatherwill.com, or you can click on the link in our show notes to learn how you can maximize your day. And don't forget to use the code Prosecco 25 for 25% off. We are so excited to have you grow and learn with us. Well, it has been a long and winding road and a very exciting one. And Carla, mm. I can remember back, because you and I have known each other for a really long time.
2: I would, I would say decades, but that
1: would yeah, date us. For <laughs> sure. It's true. Yeah. We have known each other for decades. And I yeah. can remember having a conversation with you. I believe it was in Brown's Social Hall or Social Club, whatever it's called. You Ooh. And you were telling me that you were going to take this leap from teaching to opening up your own art studio and I was absolutely like fascinated and a little bit like really you're gonna like give up your teaching gig for this and so you were super you know fortunate to have a husband who was like let's do this but we're curious in the spirit of um the theme of season four around being unapologetically ourselves we're Mm -hmm. curious was everyone in your life as supportive and understanding of your choice <laughs> as your husband and some of your close friends were, or, or were some people, you know, kind of shocked or skeptical about your choice or maybe even you might've been um, skeptical
2: about your choice. Um. Yes, there were actually um, a few people that were like, really, you sure that's a good idea? Um, I won't name any names, of course, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) um, I, yeah, there were some people definitely that were like, you know, like you have a really good job. You're at the top of your pay scale. Cause by the time I left, I had 11 years in to Mm -hmm. teaching. So I was earning as much money as I was going to earn at that particular time. Um, I had obviously a pension and good benefits and all of that security of having a good job. And I was in a school where if I wanted to stay there for the rest of my career, retire there, I had that option. And honestly, yeah, there were people that were just like, I don't know that I would give that up. Like that's, that's safe. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I said, my explanation was always the same to everybody. I said, you know, I, if I stay and I continue on and I, you know, make it to retirement and I have my retirement party and all of those good things. Um, I know that I'm going to look back on my life and I'm going to go shit. I wish I would have tried that. And I didn't want to look back on my life and have regrets. Mm. Um, I think because I felt like at that point I had already, I felt like I had already kind of lost out on a few things so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stay at a job where I'm just like "Eh," when I can have something that I'm like so I did it.
0: (laughs) So so those of you that are listening and you can't see the video of this right now like Carla completely just did like a happy dance in her studio in her basement and it was epic. It was epic. It really was. Yes, yes, yes. So so I'm super curious. Like Lisa, mm-hmm. Lisa mentioned how our theme this season is titled uh, Unapologetically Me. And here we are, Carla. We're sitting near the end, tail end of 2021. We're about to embark on 2022. And, you know, Lisa and I had so much conversation around. It, it seems almost ridiculous that to have conversation around Unapologetically Me for women as we are just ending 2021 and training 2022 is still freaking relevant. Like, I'm just, I would love to know your take on this on why is it that we're still having to have these conversations about women feeling these, these pressures or expectations around fitting into these societal norms of what a good life is or a safe career is or your responsibility as, as a woman. And so I would just love for you to shed some light on what your thoughts are around. Why are we still having to have unapologetically me as a theme, as a topic, as a necessary conversation at this time in life?
2: You know, I, when you guys sent me the questions, I spent a lot time thinking about this one because I was like why is this and you know it's funny like when I talk to teachers that I worked with back when I was teaching um, the thing that comes up over and over again is the word brave people keep saying oh god like you're so brave for doing that you're so brave like I really admire how brave you are were you just willing to take that chance Um, and I think you know you're right I think there is that safety in just like You know, this is the way everybody's done it. You know, we've just been kind of conditioned into this, like you'll go to school and you'll get a career and then you'll have some babies and you'll take a mat leave. And then those babies are going to go to daycare and then you're going to go back to work and you're going to continue that cycle of shuffling your babies back and forth to daycare while you go back and forth to work. And just this like cycle of busyness. And I think for a lot of people, you know, especially when you have kids, like taking a chance like that is it is scary. I was scared when I did it. I didn't have a daughter to worry about providing for. Um, it's scary to leave a job. I was terrified. I didn't know if people were going to come. I didn't know if people were going to sign up. I didn't know if I was going to make enough money. I didn't know if I was going to have enough money to pay my mortgage. But I just thought, you know what? I'm never going to know if I don't track. And I think for some people that that feeling of being scared of stepping outside of what, you know, what everyone else has always done is just so terrifying that they just are like, "Ah, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to stay here. It's safe. It's comfortable. This is just, you know, I might not like a few things, but I'm still just going to hang out here. So, yeah, I don't know. I think. Yeah, I think it's just a little bit of, you know, being scared. I think, too, if you don't ever have an example of somebody who's stepped outside that norm to be able to see that it is possible, right? Like, I didn't realize it was possible to quit a job where you've been at for 11 years and not retire. You know, I didn't know it was possible to just decide one day you're going to start an art school and do it. (laughs) you know, or I didn't know it was possible to have an art studio in your basement and sell pottery out your yin yang for, you know, to people all over the world. Like if nobody ever gets to see that example, they're not going to realize the possibility for their, for themselves in their own life. So, I mean, I hope that it inspires somebody. I hope somebody is able to see that, you know, it is possible and well, she did it. So why can't I do it? Mm. Exactly. Why can't you do it? You know, there might be barriers there, but can you overcome those barriers? What can you do to, you know, get yourself to a place where you can do it too? And maybe it doesn't look like the way I've done it. Maybe it looks different for you, but there's still that possibility there. So,
0: so, so are you wearing a good pair of shoes right now? Or are you barefoot or were, I just, I'm, I really need to know. I know this is an odd question, but I just need to know.
2: <laughs> um, well, when I'm in my studio, yeah. um, I am always in Birkenstock sandals.
0: Okay. I'm a true so- hippie. So you have your sandals on. That's good because I, you, uh, yeah, I do. You just Here, check them. Oh you, wait, you have you have glass. <laughs> You're not
2: gonna be able to see it. Oh, there we go. There we go.
0: I love it. I do have socks on with them because I'm cool like that. You are cool, and Carla. The reason I ask is because you have freaking glass all over your floor because you are smashing through <laughs> that goddamn glass ceiling. Thank you. Oh so I just wanted to make sure you were safe. <laughs> That's like why I was asking.
2: question. I was like, "Yeah, I'm really actually wearing Birkenstocks." Like...
1: <laughs> and where are we going with this? But it is yeah. so true. You are smashing glass ceilings, and you are setting such an excellent example for um, other women and girls that that will look up to you. You mentioned your daughter. And you mentioned being a role model for others. And so what would you tell your daughter or other girls uh, who want to um, not be small and to live big and lean into those dreams and those passions that they have, but are feeling a little bit constricted or confined by those shoulds that society tends to, to place upon us? What advice would you give?
2: oh my goodness, probably that the only person that you have to make happy is yourself. And you're in control of that. You're in control of your own happiness. And, you know, nobody else is going to do that for you. You know, your job, your, you know, that career, that like, that's not going to make you happy. You truly just have to find in your life what makes you happy. And if that means, you know, stepping outside of the box and doing something that nobody else has done, then do it own it, be it, go for it. And you know what? You might fail. You might fall on your face, but you tried and nobody's going to fault you for that. And if anything, people are going to still look at you and say, you know what? That was super brave. Good for you for trying. And if they don't, who cares? You don't need that in your life. (laughs) So yeah, I honestly, yeah. I mean, I would, I would tell my daughter just own it, own it, be who you are, and just get out there and try. I mean, you're never going to know. You don't want to look back and go, mm, I wish I wish I had. I wish I had tried that. I wish I went for it. You only well, get one cheers. chance.
0: Cheers, cheers to, to that. that. Is right. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's called Pep Talks and Prosecco for a reason. And, and you just delivered an epic pep talk for everyone. And it's a, irrelevant it's a of... Of uh, you know male, female, however you choose to identify yourself, how you just uh, gave us all a pep talk on what is most important, mm-hmm. right? And um, we're gonna have that on repeat. I can tell you that's gonna make the highlight reel. I can tell you <laughs> that right now, Carla. Yay! <laughs> well, I know that you um, are a champion of the work that we do at weatherwell and you are such a uh, supporter for us and we appreciate that so much. And you know, it's no surprise, we spend a lot of time discussing, um, you know, why it's so important for us to have habits that align to our goals, how to build mm. habits. And so we always ask our guests to share with us, you know, what what is a habit that you have that's part of your life that's just been foundational to mm. the life that you live now? And if you could share that uh, with our community, we would absolutely love that. You bet.
2: Um, you know what, I think the things that I have found the most beneficial as far as like, Those everyday or even whatever weekly habits, I guess. Um, For me, I'm super forgetful. (laughs) I have to write everything down and I have lists on lists on lists on lists. Um, I'm constantly making lists. I'm constantly making lists of the things I have to do in a day, in a week, in a month. I'm constantly um planning and making, you know, goal setting and you know, what am I going to accomplish this month? What am I going to accomplish this year? Um I have my and it's all written down, it's all where I can see it. Um so that I have that reminder. I have my um I guess you could call it like my I don't want to say like my mantra, but like my foundational things that I need to constantly remind myself of. Like I have a piece of paper It hangs on my workboard. I have a whiteboard in my studio and I keep track of like all the things I need to accomplish. And I have this piece of paper there and it's just written in like scribbly Crayola marker. But I have things on there like stay in your lane.
0: Hmm.
2: And that is like the thing that I have tried to remind myself, you know, constantly through owning a business, owning a second business, being an artist, all of those things is to stay in your lane do what you do, do it well, don't worry about what everybody else is up to because it doesn't matter. Just do you. And so I keep that up there as a reminder. When I start to, you know, sometimes as a creative person, (laughs) I get a little off track. (laughs) So I need those like reminders to be like, Carla, stay in your lane. You don't need to make that. You don't do that. Mm -hmm. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. You're not making casserole dishes. That's not your jam. Oh, yeah. In your lane. <laughs> so yeah, I would say, yeah, planning, um, constant like writing things down, reminding myself. Um, and I think for me, the biggest thing too is like um just figuring out like I guess how my work day looks. I mean, for me, I don't have a nine to five workday. And so it might sound silly, but even though I work from home, I do like I like to plan when I'm going to work and have sort of a game plan for the week and set that all out. I feel like if I know what my week looks like ahead, then I feel a lot more at ease knowing, OK, okay I got those t- those work times. I know when I'm going to get this done and this done and this done. And there's not that because sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed, especially, you know, if things start rolling in and I'm like, oh, my God, so much coming. And you just like that anxiety starts to build. Right. Mm. So I find, you know, just having that that planning and those to do lists and just keeping myself in check and having my scheduled work times, it just really helps me kind of. Slow a little bit
0: better. (laughs) Lots of things, that, so many things around boundaries is what I'm hearing oh, for yourself and others, and just clarity and, and-
2: saying no. That's mm-hmm. a Love big one. one. Yeah. saying no. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you honestly if that's the one thing I've learned in all of my business is learning to say no, and I think that's part of staying in your lane too, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, that might sound really cool. And oh, that, oh, collaboration. Oh, that'd be so cool. Oh, my God, it'd be so fun. And then my creative brain starts going. And then I'm like, whoa, stop. (laughs) Stay in your lane. (laughs) I'll stop there.
1: (laughs) Well, Carla, you have been just an absolute hoot. (laughs) And just... So fun and so um, insightful. I love what you said about your boundaries and just being really intentional about what your day looks like, because for sure, for all of us, that can definitely um, things can really get out of control really quickly. So knowing what your boundaries are. And being intentional about how you spend each day is just fantastic. And we just loved you so much. And your pep talk. I know our community is going to love what you've had to say about being unapologetically you. And we're hoping that maybe you'd be willing to spend the next 60 seconds or so participating in a little thing we like to call wind things up before we wind things down. Oh, Lordy. (laughs) All right, I'm ready. Okay, well, Let's do it. So it's, it's 10 questions that you haven't seen yet. Okay. And um, hopefully, I, we've had a couple of internet kind of glitches. So hopefully we don't screw up your time here by um, maybe it's my internet, but that's okay. We'll see. Okay, we're gonna ask you 10 questions in 60 seconds. And we'll see how you do. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready let's do it Angie. you're ready yes. with the timer
0: i've got the timer ready and here we go
1: okay your favorite piece
2: of artwork that you've ever created coffee cups your favorite book uh i think it's spirit of awakening by Eckhart toll
1: oh i love Eckhart toll essential habit that contributes to your success
2: uh saying no
1: good one <laughs> A bad habit that you just can't break? Eating potato chips. (laughs) What advice would you give your teenage self?
2: Stick with the art, make the art and just pursue it from the get-go. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. yes. What do people
1: often assume about you that is so inaccurate? That I make millions of dollars a year. (laughs) bucket list destination
2: oh 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 the maldives Mm,
1: yes take me with you your favorite meal (laughs) pierogies yes your happy hour must include wine and oysters oh yeah who inspires you
2: oh my god who inspires me Oh, that's so hard. There's so many. Oh my God. You guys.
0: <laughs> well, how did we do? We, we, we did. Okay. <laughs> we, we were in like the kind of the minute and a half mark. And I think that's pretty good. Nice. I think that's so good. And bonus points for the enthusiasm. That's Thank what I you. think.
1: I'm very competitive. <laughs> I love it. It was so good. Carla. Where can our community find your beautiful mugs and other pieces that you create?
2: Well, right now you will be able to find my work on my website monthly. I will do a monthly restock about the third week of the month, uh, currymoonhandmade.com. And if you just watch my Instagram profile, I will share dates and info and previews and all that good stuff every month and give you plenty of heads up on when things are coming out.
1: Awesome. And we will link that website in the show notes. And Angie, I'm going to let
0: you lead us on out of here. All right. Well, you said happy hour must include wine and oysters, but I'm hoping for today it can include Prosecco and two of your wing women. Will that be okay? That is perfect. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Cheers to you. Happy Sunday, everyone. And I cannot wait to hear what people think of this episode of Pep Talks and Prosecco. Cheers.
2: Cheers.